Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. We come here this morning with tears of sorrow and anger, asking challenging questions. Why this again? Eleven lives snuffed out, eleven people murdered yesterday at Tree of Life Synagogue in Squirrel Hill by a white radical unspeakable. And something about this one feels different. This is our city, our community, a synagogue that many of us drive past, a community where many of us have lived or know others who live there, and a Jewish community at that, people worshiping our God just like we are doing right now, a place of celebration turned to mayhem. This morning, my hope is not to point us to a rationale for such hate. There is none. It's not even to offer a justification or a theological vindication. My prayer is that we would make Bartimaeus's cry our own. Jesus have mercy on us. We want to see. Bartimaeus is like many of us as we ask our questions, as we shed our tears. Grief, grief strip, strips one naked. One is blind to the colors of life, and one feels cut off from community and support. At this rock-bottom place, Bartimaeus, in the fury of his need, can only cry out for Jesus, help, help. The heart of the story of Bartimaeus lies in his cloak. The cloak is the one thing he has. It's his source of protection from dust and wind and rain and cold. And it's his source of income like a street mu musician's open guitar case. This is the crisis of the story. Bartimaeus has one thing and he wants one thing. He has a cloak and he wants to see. How much does he wanna see? Enough to part with his cloak? Absolutely. He parts with the one thing he has in order to receive the one thing that really matters. And Jesus stands still as if to emphasize the timelessness of this moment and asks Bartimaeus the penetrating question. What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus has no hesitation. He knows exactly what to say. What do you want me to do for you? We could imagine being Bartimaeus and hearing Jesus ask us that question. If you're like me this morning, if you scratch beneath the grief and the bewilderment, you'll find some anger. Jesus, to be honest, I want you to set the world right side up. 
The world is appallingly unjust, and the fact that someone can extinguish other lives just because they want to is not right. What do I want? Honestly, I want you to be a vigilante savior. I want you to bring justice and recompense upon the earth. I want you to be a little less namby-pamby and a little more, I don't know, Clint Eastwood-esque. What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus doesn't want vengeance, nor does he ask that the world be fair. Lord, let me see again. Do you really, do you really want to see? It takes courage to see. Our bishop, in a pastoral letter penned just a few hours after the event yesterday, wrote these words. The newscasts, sickeningly, are referring again and again to this horror as a tragedy. It's no such thing. A tragedy is inevitable. This was not. It was murder. Murder of a particularly vile and poisonous kind. Human beings have moral agency. Someone chose to hate and chose to kill. And now we are faced with a choice as well to do nothing or to reject this hatred in the strongest possible words and actions and to refute in every way, in every forum, the philosophical foundations of anti-Semitism wherever they have gained a foothold in our churches and our society. We are faced with a choice as well, to do nothing or to shed our cloak and run to Jesus and beg to see. Beg to have our eyes opened. And let's be clear, it takes courage to see. To have your eyes opened is to begin to see ourselves and our own complicity, denial, and shortcomings in the face of moral evil. It takes courage to ask ask Jesus to help us see because we've got to see some things that we're not comfortable with, like the anti-Semitism that has been baked into the Christian tradition. Seeing is difficult, but with our eyes open, we will also see, even now, signs of hope. How God so deeply longs to draw out the unique voice of each religion and blend them together in a song of justice and redemption. God is already doing this. Many of us participated in an interfaith hymn sing last week. Others of us grieved and mourned at an interfaith climate change summit yesterday. And others of us attended prayer vigils last night or called our Jewish friends and said we would help them hold this pain in every way we knew how. This morning, as we beg to see, we ask Jesus not to let our hearts slip into despair. Help us to see how you are gathering up every tear of the grieving, only to flood our city with justice and truth. How will we know if we've gained our sight? 
we read that Bartimaeus, after regaining his sight, follows Jesus on the way. Jesus is, of course, going to the cross. Jesus is plunging himself into the heart of the world's darkness and grief. After it's over, Jesus' own blood will be spilled. That's how intense Jesus' solidarity with the pain of the world is. And Bartimaeus is going there with him. Jesus isn't going to drop a Clint Eastwood-type justice on his enemies. No, he is coming with a fierce and swift mercy, armed only with love, going to his cross with Bartimaeus and us on his heels, armed with the certainty that hate may win a few battles, but love has and will win the war. Amen.